Dear Lord, help us to learn never to take the blessing of freedom that we are blessed with in the United States of America. Forgive us when we have taken it for granted. Realizing that what we have just seen on the screen is a minute representation of untold numbers of people around the world. So Lord God, we worship you today in thanksgiving and first thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus our Savior. Thank you, Lord. But we thank you for the freedoms allowed us throughout this land. And with the shifting of culture and so many other elements and moral shift and so many things happening that way, it leaves us concerned. But help us, Lord, not to stand back and fret, but rather to, as Shana well cited from 2 Chronicles 7.14, humble ourselves before you and seek your face with all of our hearts. For we desire that you would heal this land, and you can, and we are trusting you for it. But today we celebrate and thank you for the freedoms that you have allowed in this country, that we have freedom of speech and freedom of religion and freedom to come to a parking lot and watch fireworks go off as we celebrate uh, Fourth of July. In the meantime, we also pray for brothers and sisters around the world that in this lifetime we will never meet but they know Jesus and often running for their lives and underground churches and dare not say anything outwardly publicly about their faith in Jesus Christ. But we pray in the midst of that, the power of the Most High God will spread like fire. The hope that you bring, you're the defender of our faith, their faith. So we pray, watch care over this country but likewise, people around the world who so hunger for that which we have on a daily basis. Thank you for these who have gathered here this morning. We hunger to hear from God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we pray for a liberty of freedom in this service to continue to worship you in these next moments. And I pray the power of the Most High God to descend upon us, both the congregation and myself, that we would be swept into your presence in such a way that we know we have heard from God. So Jesus, have your way now. May your name be exalted as we do our best to open the word and share these thoughts that we believe that you've orchestrated and allow us to have before us now. It's in Jesus' great name. We pray these things. And the people said, Amen. We agree together. Amen. Well, I guess steal this again. I'm not stealing, I'm borrowing. Are you glad you're alive?
Be able to sit upright and take nutrition, amen? You're healthy enough to say amen? Amen. So many blessings we have. And as that one young lady on the clip said, here in the United States, we can go to church. And people stay away from churches by the hordes for whatever reason. And there are those clamoring for the freedom that we have to praise the Lord, to assemble together in settings just like this. So thank you, Lord. Thanks be to God for those who have served us across the years at all different levels of government, but especially in the military, and so many have given their lives. So much to be grateful for. Amen. My father-in-law, who has been in heaven a number of years now, Barbara's dad, uh, I remember distinctly, probably on a number of occasions, saying to me something like, Dave, you know, we have such a good thing here in the United States. All these highways and all these di different places that we can go to. And, and he talked about it a little bit, and he said, I just hope we don't mess it up. And it's the enemy Satan who desires to mess it up. Anything good that God is doing in our lives as a country or as individuals, he'll do his best to frustrate. So there's many adjectives and many words that uh, are descriptive of the foundation of our faith as we understand it here in the United States. And one of those words is what we find on our monetary coins. And in fact, does somebody have a quarter or just a penny, nickel, whatever, dime? I don't want to nickel and dime you to death. Come on, folks. <laughs> and I know it's obvious, but somebody hold it up and, and read to us what it says on there. Not the whole thing, but the part I'm referring to. Anybody have one quickly? You all broke, aren't you? You left it in the offering. All right. <laughs> Was this Alabaster Sunday? <laughs> I just, <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. Coin shortage? Oh, here we are. All right. Uh, so is that a dollar bill? It's a 20? May I see that? <laughs> there it is, in God we trust. Does somebody have a 50? You're not buying us. Um, all right, thank you so much. <laughs> if our government and our land said it's so important to us to let people
people know, and of course when you read out of the forefathers, not all of them, but a high percentage of those in leadership, we're saying it's so important for us to have God first, to worship him, and they, this great fight to get our freedom in the first place in great part was for what? Freedom of worship, absolutely. So it's right there on the monetary coins, the bills that we have. In God we trust. And I, I know there's been an undermining movement to remove this and to remove that, but my focus is this. What others may see as, oh, we shouldn't do this, God knows and his children know in this land he must be first we ultimately must put our trust in him and when we do his blessing comes when we shift away we get ourselves into trouble interesting that the 100 108th congress 1854 united states congress quote the Congress of the United States recommends and approves the Holy Bible for use in our schools. I'm not trying to make a political statement. I'm simply saying that's where we started. That's the foundation of our faith. It didn't say how to read the Bible or what perspective to take. It simply said we welcome that. We realize it is the source ultimately of our spiritual freedom but as our freedom and our greatness as a nation. And what happened? This nation grew to be the most powerful, most influential nation in history. I am one citizen, and I believe you join me in this, that doesn't want to see what has been invested down over the years and the generations squandered. We want it to go forward. And that's in part why we're here week by week. Uh, we trust in God. We trust in God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is the mantra of the motto of the caravan program for our children. Is, can anybody quote that, Kelly? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it says what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What? Lean not on your own understanding. In all your or on all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will guide your paths or make your paths straight, depending on what version you're reading. We, we know it so well, but think about that just for a minute. Trust in the Lord with some part of your heart. Sorry, I just can't be held back this morning. With all your heart. Let me take you back to the late 80s in my high school years. 
Yes, it took a while. They're doing the math, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, he's realizing, no, no way. Look, I spent 12 happy years as a senior in high school. Leave me alone. My younger brother, Ronnie, trained me well, okay? Any of you who played football know what two-a-days in August are. Two practices on hot, arid ground in Columbus, Ohio, where we lived at the time. And in short order, the coaches could tell who had their heart into football and who didn't. And they, they could pick out what linemen and, and those in, in the backfield and those in defense and all the different, they could figure out in pretty short order. Some might have been more gifted athletically, but their heart wasn't into it. God is looking for people like you and I who are saying, don't play church with me, okay? Don't give me lift service. Give me your heart, totally, fully, completely. Trust in me, not partially, or only in times of need, or tragedy, or heartache. Trust in me, individuals, country, with all your heart. This next part is really hard for me. By the way, th that's a good, clear teaching of what we call entire sanctification or fully devoted follower or consecration. Trust in the Lord with all, all of your being. Less of me, more of him. And lean not on your own understanding. How many times has God been working in our lives or he's about ready to do a work in the church. And if you're honest, you're having one of those conversations with the Lord and just saying, I, I just don't understand why, you know. And I, as a pastor, had those moments. When my dad was supposed to come home from Cleveland Clinic after three to five days, and two weeks later, he was in heaven. You know, I just, as much as I was really desiring and seeking to trust in the Lord with all my heart, this one I was struggling with and leaning on my own understanding. And it can be some small, insignificant detail along any given day. I just don't get that. I just don't, it's not making sense to me. Or there's a need or an issue, spiritually, physically, whatever it might be, and we find ourselves dissecting it and talking to others, and maybe reading books and, and getting information off online. And of course, we know everything online is accurate and true. Am I correct? Excuse me while I stand aside from the lightning bolt. <laughs> and it's like I, I tend to lean towards, or we tend to lean towards, all these other explanations versus going to the Word of God and maybe just sitting quietly in His presence and saying, God, this is not competing for me. 
I, I want to trust you with all my heart, but Lord, I am struggling with this lean on my own understanding because this is, the, this is what's coming to me. And what's he saying? When you lean, when you trust with me, trust me with all of your heart and you're all in, you surrender that and then you trust me to have the right direction because often you're doing, God's working in ways that we don't understand behind the scenes which fits with the next part. This one gets even more challenging in verse 6. In all your ways, I mean, couldn't we just alter that a little bit? In most of our ways, right? Submit to him. How are we all doing this morning? Are we all submitting to the Lord fully and completely in every way that we should? This reminds me of something I saw and I've done before. I, I, you're a good victim. I mean, you're a good person to volunteer. Put your hand up against it. I don't want to high five stronger than you look that's what we tend to do when God says I want you to do thus and so or I want you to trust me for this or I want you to believe me for it or whatever and we're going like this and he's saying no submit I've probably shared with you already that when our oldest daughter I suppose around Two, maybe before two, after two. Teaching her, showing her how to run the vacuum. And she said, Daddy, I doey. I doey. And every time God calls upon or allows certain things to happen in our lives, and I'm identifying with that because I've walked through it too, and it's a struggle, and it's a, I don't understand it, and he, he's saying, submit. Submit to this. Heavenly Father, I doey. <laughs> In all your ways, submit. So he's saying, trust with all of our hearts. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try to work it out on your own. In all your ways, submit to God Almighty. And he will make your path straight. He will guide your paths. He will direct your paths. And see, if we go back to where this was written and the geographical layout and Israel and surrounding areas where it's steep and rocky and crevices and valleys and, and we have these nice highways we were coming 80, 85, 90 miles per hour down this highway today. I'm kidding. It was only 75, 78. No. <laughs> I have fun with beautiful, straight highways. And when there's a curb, there's warning signs and all that. And the writer of the Proverbs, through God's inspiration, is saying, 
you're going to live on a windy path. You're going to try to want to figure it out on your own. Now, that's the principles at work when we trust in God. And the more from our living room to the White House, people of this United States, of all backgrounds, all colors, all age groups, both genders, as we trust in God fully, completely, we submit, then it allows him to direct our paths. There was a French writer in 1831 who visited the United States and he said this, quote, I sought for the greatness of the United States and her commodious harbors and her ample rivers, her fertile fields and her boundless forests, and it was not there, this greatness. I sought for it in her rich mines, her vast world commerce, her public school system, and in her institutions of higher learning, and it was not there. I looked for it in her Democratic Congress and her matchless Constitution, and it was not there. And he writes this, not until I went into the churches of America and heard the pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and her power. America is great because America is good, and if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. And the goodness he speaks of, obviously, is the righteousness of God, right relationship with God Almighty. When a country trusts in God and he, we depend on God. Two thoughts. First is this. I'm taking us to Jeremiah chapter 7. Be four different verses we'll try to look at quickly. Jeremiah 7, where a vivid picture is painted. It's a demarcation. You know what I mean by demarcation in John 10.10, 10, where it says uh, the thief, meaning Satan, has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And then there's this, there's this turn, just a 180 turn. That's a demarcation. But I have come, Jesus said, that they might have life. Life. And have it to the full or have it abundantly. So even in our difficult times, there is the breath of God moving. By the way, did you know Illyria Nazarene Church has a breath? And newbies like Barbara and I pick up on it in a hurry. There is a breath that's from heaven through the people. Oh, but Pastor Flack, you don't know what does and so, and this happened during COVID, and this over here, and so and so, and then they left and went to another. You don't know. You're right, I don't. But God, our Heavenly Father, does. And he continues to breathe. Whew. 
kind of the Spirit. I can't pull back which gospel, but it was right toward the end of the gospel where it says, and Jesus breathed on the disciples. That's one of those where I say, breath of heaven, just breathe on me. I breathe on me because that's what I want to transcend and share with others. Without a word spoken, the breath of heaven through this church family was coming through and touching our hearts. Praise God. By the way, that's an affirmation. <laughs> Let's go to the verse. Verse 5. Jeremiah 7. This is what the Lord says. This is the demarcation. This is the, John 10.10, 10, second part of the verse. I have come that you might have life. The breath of heaven. Okay, here it is. This is going back to like the first part. The thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. I don't know about you. I don't want to be a part of that club. Amen. And I don't want to be looking down on people who are there. I simply want to get on my face before God and say, thank you for how you're working in my life. And I know there's so much more you want to do. And there's more I need to confess. And there's more work you need to do in and through me. But, oh, Lord God, for those who don't know the Lord, and I'm not standing in judgment anyone, dear Lord, but whether it's my neighbors or, or a prodigal child or, or somebody else out there or somebody in Washington or wherever it might be, Lord, I cry out in Jesus' name. I'm not going to stand around and be apathetic and critical and bitter and mean-spirited. Instead, God, I want to get in the, into the chamber where your presence is and begin to say, oh, God, I don't want to be a part of that number that lives under your curse because they're putting their hope, they're putting their courage, they're putting their strength, their desire in what's here now in things of mere mankind. I don't want to be under that, Lord God. The good news is yet to come, okay? It doesn't finish there. But verse 6 does give a pretty clear description that if people turn their hearts away from the Lord, there it is again, and who rely on human strength and understanding and so forth. Verse 6 says, and they are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. By the way, that's a description that most of us can tune into and we can kind of see it. If you've ever been to a, a, a desert uh, and you see what's being described here and it's barren and dry and hot and windy and all that goes with it, then you, you can begin to... But you know, we Christians... If we're not staying tuned in, drawing from the breath of God, from the presence of God, we can become this in our hearts. We can look fine on the outside and we might have these assets and, and these material goods, but in our hearts it's barren. I don't want that. that. I don't want that for the Church of Jesus Christ to cross denominational lines. 
I want us to walk in the fruitfulness and the power of his spirit. That's another message, so finish this, Dave. Okay, I will. Proverbs 14, 34 says this, Righteousness exalts a nation, so true, but sin is a disgrace to any people. The reason that Thomas Jefferson said this, the reason that Christianity is the best friend of government is because Christianity is the only religion in the world that deals with the heart. There it is again. Trust in the Lord with all our hearts. <laughs> let's go, that's the admonition, okay? Let's go to a promised blessing. You all right with that? Can we finish the message on that note today? Would that be all right? So Jeremiah continues in verses 7 and 8. Here's the turn. But, blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Can I get an amen? But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Whether you felt good or not, when you pulled out of the sack this morning, the bed, whether you felt good or not, if the joy of the Lord is your strength, if this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. My bones may not all be cooperating, all the tendons may not be cooperating, but praise be to God, this is the day he has made. I begin to praise him, I begin to rejoice in him, and sometimes I have to say it with my heart and my voice because my body is not in agreement, sometimes my mind isn't, but praise be to God, I'm blessed because I trust in the Lord and my hope and my confidence are in him. Verse 8 says they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat. Like it's coming the next few days. Come on, folks. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. I'm not trying to prophesy, okay? This is figure of speech. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. That's the body of Christ. And if we're not there, that's what we can be. John 15 talks all about it. Oh, my goodness, friends. What a promise from God. It wasn't just for Old Testament days because when Jesus came, he didn't replace with the New, New Testament, New Covenant. He didn't replace the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. He simply fulfilled it, and therefore we fulfill it through Jesus Christ, and we put our faith in him. He shed his blood for our sins. We are forgiven when we trust him as Savior and repented of our sins and live faithfully for him by his grace. With all the ups and downs of life, friends, we are blessed to be trees planted on the riverbank. And though it might be arid around us, we can still be fruitful through the power of the Spirit. Woomba, yes! Now let's all do that three times. <laughs> mm. John Adams said, July 4th ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance 
by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. We have, we are delivered in Christ Jesus our Lord, whose promise is to bless us bountifully, even in dark seasons. Now we know we're in tough days as a nation. In the midst of that, I just believe, as I think I heard it either prayed or stated in a conversation, amidst all of that, God is my Lord. The word of God says it'll get worse, but I read it yesterday, or heard it read, but you're not to live in fear. We sang about it this morning. You hold steady, no matter what happens. You hold steady in Christ Jesus. You keep on believing, and you keep on trusting God with all your heart. Amen, amen. Psalm 33, 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. There are those who may disagree. That's one of the blessings of our land. We can disagree. But at the end of the day, his word is true, the holy word of God. And we can have our opinion, opinions and right and state and voice and this and that but comes back to, the, for us, the foundation is his word, his presence, his power at work in our lives through Jesus Christ. I close with this. Have any of you ever been to the Washington Monument? Wow, quite a few. Did you all take a trip? and you didn't invite me, that's no problem. I'm not offended. That's great that you've been there. The tower's, what, 555 feet in the air? It's incredible. And it's, it was built to honor who? Our founding father, George Washington. I beg your pardon, 555 feet, five and one-eighth inches. Uh, somebody went out with a measuring tape lately. I wonder if it's something just saying. At the time it was constructed, it was the tallest building in the world. And the capstone was placed on top of it on December 6th, 1884. And all four sides, and it's, it, aluminum was fairly new in those days, so it was a really big, cutting-edge deal, no pun intended, to have all four sides of that point covered with this aluminum capstone, and it had different dates and names and people and so forth. But then all of it, all it says on the east side, which faces what? Where the sun comes up, towering over our nation's capital. It says, Los Deo. 
Latin for praise be to God. I said, praise be to God. So there can be riots and there can be this and the enemy will sow seeds of discord. Satan I'm talking about anywhere he wants or can and we don't like that, but we already know who the victor is. His name is Jesus. He stamped the enemy under his heel. And by his shed blood and by the power and the authority of his name and the written word of God and by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ when he resurrected from the dead and now at the right hand of the Father interceding for us even now as well the Holy Spirit and groans and sounds that we can understand who is also interceding for us. There is a reason for the United States of America to say from Washington Monument facing the east, praise be to God. There's another, but I'm not going to be that dramatic. I'm just going to say how thankful I am for the 4th of July and what it represents across this land and so many people that we need to thank. But most of all, God our Heavenly Father, that today offers us through his son Jesus Christ and the power of his spirit salvation forgiveness of sin hearts totally committed to him surrendered fully and filled with his spirit that my friends is freedom amen let's pray Thank you, Lord, for how you are working in our lives and how you're working in this church. One more time, I thank you for the breath of heaven that I believe has been blowing over and is still being breathed over this church congregation. And I'm trusting for increase of your presence here, Lord. Day after day, week after week, keep your hand on all who are part of this great church family, some who are new, some who have been here for decades. But in all these things, we want to bring praise and glory to the author of life, Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you for the United States. We pray for revival. We pray that we can be a part of that. I pray that from my heart in and through my own life. But Jesus, I pray today for a country in so many places that is broken. I pray for the, those who are in Congress, in the judicial branch, Supreme Court, down to local judges and courts. I pray for those who are first responders, for police departments, for hospitals and schools. I pray for all of those who are government officials and civil uh, authorities. Pray for revival in the White House across this great country of ours to our own living rooms. I pray for revival. Lord God, we hear so many different times of discouraging news, but in the midst of that, we're encouraged when we read the word and spend time with you and say, thank you, Lord, for what the forefathers said. Now, in this season, Find us hopeful as we put our confidence in you and live under the blessing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I do pray if 
today, there is but one person who is struggling in their faith. They don't have the assurance of their salvation. If there's anybody like that here today or listens in on a recording, my prayer in Jesus' name is in this moment, they will trust you as their savior. They'll ask for forgiveness of sins. They'll invite you into their life. They'll know heaven's salvation through Jesus Christ. They'll be forgiven and they gratefully open their arms and heart and arms to Jesus Christ and forever commit their lives to you and they do it by faith to your grace. So Jesus, anybody who has prayed that prayer of repentance right now, I pray the seal of the Holy Spirit come over them and that you'll encourage them and they'll be led to the house of worship and they'll be led to continue to grow in you. And I pray in Jesus' name that through that, more and more people coming to know you, you will be exalted. And the freedoms that we know in this country not only will be preserved, but accelerated through the hand of God. Blessed be your holy name. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen and amen. Could we all praise the Lord together? Praise God. Praise God. Los Deo. Praise be to God. Well, you're still seated, so sermon number two. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suddenly. Have a blessed rest of your day and a wonderful 4th of July. You are dismissed.